Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye Talk is about to begin Hey, 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 come on in Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. It's your bonus Saturday pod. We are previewing the slot receivers and tight ends in this podcast. After this, only one more position group breakdown podcast to go. We're going to combine the quarterbacks and running backs next week because we've already talked so much. We talk about the quarterbacks and the running backs for three months. So we don't need a whole giant separate podcast for those guys. So we're smushing Trey Sermon and Justin Fields together. But this one's really good. I've kind of been saving this one. Garrett Wilson, a lot of Garrett Wilson. If you like Garrett Wilson, get ready. If you like Garrett Wilson as much as Stephen Means likes Garrett Wilson, whoo, baby, this is going to be a good Saturday for you, or whatever day you're listening to this. Jackson Smith, Najigba, Mookie Cooper, and then the tight ends. I always, I like talking about Luke Farrell. I love the potential and what's going to happen with Jeremy Ruckert, who I still think can be a really effective player if they use him more. Jake Hausman, lots of interesting dudes to talk about. Little Cade Stover. What's the future of Cade Stover? So that's what's coming. We appreciate you guys being along on the ride for us. Mark it down Monday, coming Monday. And then we got some stuff to figure out. So we will figure it out. Keep reading cleveland.com slash OSU. We'll take some more reviews. Haven't had a fresh review in a while. That's at Apple Podcasts. We love hearing what you guys have to say about that. And always, of course, if you'd like to, try the text 614-350-350. 3315. But let's dive in. About a good 53, 54 minutes or so of slot receivers and tight ends. Almost done with this Ohio State roster as we figure out what this season is going to be like. I'm Doug. Here comes Steven and Nathan. Let's get it. All right, slot receivers and tight ends in our next position group breakdown here at Cleveland.com. Let's go through what the Buckeyes have and just establishing the parameters here. We did the outside receivers as a separate position group breakdown. Steven, are, are you okay with dealing with these groups together, these slot receivers and tight ends, kind of like, you know, work the middle of the field guys sometimes, grouping them together? Of course, because you're right. And you saw often that in 2019, instead of, in times where in 2018 there maybe be two slot guys on the field when they would go four wide receivers. Instead, they would sometimes this past season have Jeremy Rucker serving that role as a tight end while K.J. Hill would be the other slot guy. So, yeah, if we're, for the sake of 
grouping things together. These two probably go together about as well as a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Um, or peanut butter and fluff, right? Some people eat, do you guys eat the fluff, the marshmallow fluff ever with the peanut butter? You guys ever do I've that? I've n- never had that before in my life. But fluff now and nutter? Fluff and nutter Nathan Baird. There, you had to eat a fluff and nutter growing yeah. up in rural Illinois. Uh, it's not ringing a bell. Really? All right. We'll have a fluff and nutter podcast down the line. Uh, Nathan, that idea, <laughs> do you think that these two positions uh, relate to each other in terms of playing time at all? Do you, as we're going to, talk about the people that are, that are involved here but do you do you see a world where you know i mean if they go 12 personnel and they're playing two tight ends a little bit more maybe that means the slot receivers get some fewer snaps or, or you know maybe while where they catch the ball is similar do you think maybe they're not related in terms of their playing time i i think it's fine first of all i guess i'm surprised that we're not doing a separate podcast between you and steven that's just about garrett wilson we should this is like garrett wilson this is, breakdown. No, this is the slot receiver tight end uh, breakdown, and then we're going to do a Garrett Wilson. We're going to do a Garrett Wilson week. Listen, we just do Garrett Wilson. <laughs> Ohio State tight ends catch like twelve passes a year. That's what this is. This is the Garrett Wilson explosion podcast. Yep. I mean, we're lumping. I mean, come on, we can't do a whole. I didn't want to do in breaking this up like a whole tight end podcast. I was like, well, we could do tight end and like long snapper together, and it's like, no. But we just can't talk about only tight ends for 40 minutes. So this podcast is going to be like six minutes of tight ends and 44 minutes of Garrett Wilson. So this is the Garrett Wilson podcast, Nathan. It's like the Ohio State offense. Yeah. I mean, when we get to the end of the year, Garrett Wilson is going to have X times the amount of catches of the tight ends. At least that's my assumption. So I understand what you're saying, but that's what that's what this is. The headline of this podcast probably just says Garrett Wilson in all capital letters and then like, in tiny type underneath it and also tight ends. Yep. So let's do it. Let's talk about who's involved with this group as we run through the roster. We know that CJ Saunders is a senior, sixth year senior, if he gets that eligibility. He's been a slot receiver here, um, has not contributed much, more of an off-field contributor than an on-field contributor. Then you have Garrett Wilson moving to the slot after playing outside as a freshman. He's now a sophomore. Ryan Day wants to move him to the slot. And then we have Jackson Smith, Najigba, and Mookie Cooper, two of the four true freshmen who are being slotted for the slot. So basically four guys in the mix as we see it for the slot receiver position. Tight ends, a little easier to figure out. Luke Farrell, Jake Hausman, both fifth-year seniors. Jeremy Ruckert, a junior. Cade Stover, a redshirt freshman. Joe Royer, a true freshman. As we look at the recruiting on this, Steven, we know Jaden Ballard and Marvin Harrison Jr. are the two receiver commits for 2021 right now. Do you see either of them potentially working in the slot? And again, when Garrett Wilson was a five-star recruit, none of us were talking about him in the slot. And as we've talked on the outside receiver podcast, the Ohio State offense may evolve to the point where those receiver positions are just so interchangeable. We don't think of guys as separate slot receivers the way of we the way we thought of you know, Paris Campbell kind of as a specific slot receiver. Would Ballard or or Harrison potentially make sense in the slot? Because of the ever, you know, evolving way we think of the wide receiver position, I'd give it about a 10% chance, but probably not. Jaden Ballard, 6'2", 175 pounds. And Marvin Harrison Jr., 6'3", 190. Those are – and they're still growing because they're kids, so they're going to classify as bigger receivers that are going to be outside. 
And I did go through, and we'll get to this when we talk about slot receivers more. That's bigger than the slot receivers have been. I went through basically yeah. the history of slot receivers since Urban Meyer got here. Guys like Jalen Marshall, 5'10", 200. Curtis Samuel, 5'11", 196. Uh, Dontre Wilson was 5'10", 185 about. Uh, Paris Campbell, 6'1", 208. Paris Campbell's different. Paris Campbell was like a – is just a really put-together guy. But he also is is more of almost a running back than a receiver. KJ Hill, six foot one ninety five. Garrett Wilson, six foot one ninety three. Jackson Smith Najigba, six foot one ninety six. Mookie Cooper, five ten one ninety five. So between about five ten and six foot, around one hundred and ninety five pounds. That's that's about what they're looking at the slot receiver right now. Tight ends. Sam Hart is committed for twenty twenty one, and we we had this discussion previously when we went over the 2021 recruiting class, what do we, what do we know about Sam Hart? He's from Colorado. And, and just to repeat it, since it's a podcast, do we think they might go second tight end because it's very possible they lose their top three tight ends after this year. If, if Rucker decides to go pro. But, I mean, it's not out of the question that they, that they'll find that they'll add a second tight end to the 2021 class. But I've also thrown out the idea that maybe they go searching for that, searching for one in the transfer portal. If they can't find one, there are, of course, other options out there like Michael Trigg and, and then Jordan Dingle, who's from Kentucky. But it, I don't – I doubt that they find a second tight end. I think Hudson Wolf was their best chance of doing that without having to flip a guy. And the one thing is they had that Cormonte Hamilton who came in yeah. as a tight end. They moved him to defensive line. They sort of flip-flopped Stover and Hamilton. You know, sometimes defensive line can get clogged up at a place like Ohio State. And if they feel like, hey, maybe we'll move this guy back to tight end. That's happened sometimes. If a guy moves, he moves back. They kind of look for a position. So they have a couple options there. Um, all right. As we move through this, will this group, and again, it's kind of weird to think about, but we're shoving it together. We're shoving together sort of these guys who line up as pass catchers, but not on the outside. So when we think about slot receivers and tight ends, the tight end they lost from last year was Rashad Berry. Everybody else is back. They lost K.J. Hill, who is the all-time leading receiver in Ohio State history. They lost him as their slot receiver. Nathan, will this group, will these guys be better in 2020, or were they better in 2019? And, and you're asking collectively slots and tight ends together. Yeah, and, I, and okay. you can break up your answer. I mean, if your answer is, well, okay. I think the blank is blank and the blank is blank, that's fine too. But we are, I think we will continually try to smush them together, this podcast, as much as we can. I think both groups, I would say, better for 2020. Um, tight ends, it's obvious, I think, answer. The whole group's back, really, and, except for Rashad Berry. But really, the whole group is back. They, they got the, the most meaningful reps. And those guys should all just be a year older, a year more developed, a year more experienced, all that stuff the tight end should be better. Slot receiver is more difficult because you are taking KJ Hill out of it. So I think that's maybe more of a, a wash in some ways. Although I think the ceiling for what Garrett Wilson could be in that position is obviously so much higher. And I think there may be more depth there. I think with these freshmen coming in, I think last year where they didn't really trust a second person after KJ Hill, I think that affected how much he was on the field and how they aligned certain things. I think there may be more trust behind Garrett Wilson if they want to play around a little bit with that. And also talking about losses in the slot, we do need to throw in Jalen Gill, the former top 50 yes. national recruit who transferred, who never played here, was not involved last year, but was a guy that, you know, while he was here, you projected him as eventually having an impact in the slot. And that's not going to happen. Steven, where are you this year versus last year? 
Yeah, I think they'll be better this year because, obviously, I mean, the ceiling is higher with Garrett Wilson as your starting slot than it is with KJ Hill, even though KJ Hill was very consistent throughout his career here. But, yeah, the main d- difference is there's prob- probably a second guy who's going to be able to get at least talented enough to get involved here, where last year it was basically KJ Hill or nothing. And they tried Austin Mack at times, but basically Austin Mack was one of the outside guys while KJ Hill was the only consistent slot guy. So I've said this before, and it's okay uh, to repeat ourselves. I've compared K.J. Hill to J.T. Barrett as a guy who was very good. He was very good, and he piled up numbers. And then when they left, the next guy was better. And that's what I think Garrett Wilson is going to be in the slot. I think they might even be, like, significantly better. And that's, that's going from, like, an 8 to a 10. I mean, they were really good. K.J. Hill, like, had three unbelievably productive seasons for Ohio State. 2017, 56 catches, 549. 2018, 70 catches, 885. 2019, 57 catches, 636. Unbelievably productive. I think Garrett Wilson's going to be better. The tight ends, I think, will be better because, you know, Barry was good, but he was kind of the third guy in, in their rotation. And I think Farrell and Houseman and, and Ruckert will all just be a step better because they're older. I, I think Garrett Wilson, I, I went back and I was rewatching stuff. There's a play against Clemson. It was, I think Ohio State might have been up 13 nothing at that point. And it was on another drive. I think it was a drive where, J, where uh, J.K. Dobbins dropped the screen. And that was kind of there for the taking. Not the one in the end zone, but the one that he had room to run. And they ended up kicking a field goal on that drive early in that drive sort of when they were just getting the red zone kj hill broke open in the red zone justin fields threw it it was either a half second late or he put a little too much loft on it but kj was momentarily wide open and then as the ball was in the air a clemson guy closed on him and by the time the ball got there it was a contested catch but kj kind of waited for the ball to get to him a little bit and i was just envisioning garrett wilson running that same route in that same situation and going up and snatching the ball out of the air and fighting the defensive back for the ball. And the way that we have seen Garrett Wilson make plays on balls in the air, and again, you're getting 45 minutes of this. We're just going to keep talking about Garrett Wilson. I just thought Garrett Wilson catches that touchdown, as good as K.J. Hill is. And K.J. Hill had the best hands on the team for three years. I think Garrett Wilson might have better hands. I think he has – when you watch – I watched a Garrett Wilson highlight film. When you watch a Garrett Wilson highlight film, all he does – is snatch balls out of the air with his hands. He gets his hands up. He gets them out in front of him. He, he, it's like nothing gets to his body. He doesn't wait on balls. He attacks the ball. And I just am envisioning the multiple ways he's going to put pressure on a defense. This is not a slight on K.J. Hill, but K.J. Hill was a seventh-round pick. And at the time of the, you know, the draft happened, everybody was like, I can't believe K.J. Hill's a seventh-round pick. Garrett Wilson's not going to be a seventh-round pick. K.J. Hill maximized what he was at Ohio State. He did his job incredibly well. Garrett Wilson's skill set, I think, is significantly higher. He's not going to be a seventh-round pick. I'm so I think sure. no, whatever okay. K.J. Hill did, I think Garrett Wilson's going to do it better and probably significantly better in certain areas. And to that point, I'm pretty sure all but one of his five touchdown catches last year were him going up and snatching the ball. And then the one that wasn't, was the one I believe it was against Nebraska where Justin Fields just threw a perfect ball. 
So there's a couple of them, and it just like you can see, and again, we talked, you know, Ryan Day likes talked about his short area quickness and getting him in the middle of the field, and we'll get into that more. I don't want to I don't want to dump all the Garrett Wilson love right at the beginning of this podcast, but you can just see how it's going to work. So when I think about when I think this is how Ohio State works. When I think about this situation, they're graduating somebody who did what he did. He did it more than anybody in the history of the program, and the guy succeeding him is better. And that's just how Ohio State operates sometimes. So I think it's going to be significantly more explosive, more dynamic, put more pressure on the defense, and I think we'll see it right away. 2020 versus 2021. What we're going to see this year versus what we're going to see next year. Again, we'll lose – We'll see both those tight ends gone. Ruckert, not Ruckert, Hausman and Farrell will both be gone, and Ruckert might be gone. The slot guys can't leave because Garrett Wilson's only a sophomore. CJ Saunders will be gone, but again, that doesn't matter. And then the other guys are freshmen. Nathan, 2020 versus 2021, how do you evaluate this? Slot receivers will be better again in 2021 because they'll all be back. It's kind of the same philosophy as with the tight ends for this season. But the tight ends will, I think, probably take a step back. You know, taking Hausman and and um, and Farrell. Uh, Farrell. God, <laughs> I did not get very far into this before I spaced on the name of a tight end. Uh, Farrell and Hausman taking them out of the mix and leaving potentially only Ruckert, and especially if Ruckert isn't back, then you're really just wiping out that whole room. So, and I don't know that right now that if we think that they have like some kind of a certified ready and waiting next guy up to be a, a real tight end threat. So I don't see how you don't see tight 2021 as a step back for the tight ends. Steven. Yeah. The tight ends, especially whether records or not, they're not, they're going to, they're better in 2020 because obviously Drucker's the only guy in that room in 2021 who's played the position at the college level for more than one season at that point. And then the slot receivers were going to be, there's going to be uh, insurmountably better because now you're talking about third-year Garrett Wilson along with Josh Smith, the Jigba, and Mookie Cooper being in their second year. And, again, we sort of – I think we talked about this on the Outside Receivers podcast. What if Garrett Wilson moves outside for his junior year? He's, like, outside as a freshman, in the slot as a mm-hmm. sophomore, back outside as a junior. But if you would do that, it's because you have a belief in Jackson Smith, the Jigba, and Mookie Cooper mm-hmm. that, that they deserve to be on the field – hey, you lost Chris Olave, let's move Wilson outside. Now that's how we best use our talent and get the best guys on the field. So I would say overall they might take a step back in 2021 because of that Wilson factor, which isn't really fair, you know, whatever. I mean, if Wilson stays all on the slot, I mean, he might have 100 catches as a junior. I think I'm not worried, but almost worried about the future at tight end because – Here's what I think, and I don't know where to have the huge Ruckert discussion, but I think Ruckert could end up leaving after this year two very different ways. One is he gets the ball more than ever. He gets the ball, like, a lot. Like, say Jeremy Ruckert has 40 catches, right? Say Jeremy Ruckert absolutely has a breakout year. Well, all of a sudden, if Jeremy Ruckert is, you know – one of the two or three best tight ends in college football, and he got a chance to show it after he has 15 catches for 155 yards right now. If he has 45 catches this year, he might go pro because he's awesome. If he has 11 catches this year, he might go pro because he says, what am I doing? Like, what what am I waiting for? I am who I am. I have skills. 
I'm good at football. I'm just never going to get the chance to show it any more than I already have. What am I doing? Why am I coming back for my senior year to have 15 catches? As Garrett Wilson has 120 catches. So I think there's an upside that Ruckert leaves, and I think there's a downside that Ruckert could, Ruckert could consider it because I do think he's a good football player, but I just don't know that he's going to be able to maximize what he can do here. And then his draft stock might not mirror, you know, necessarily what his numbers are. Even if he does have low numbers, NFL teams might see what they've seen on film and say that's enough for us to, you know, take a chance for him at a high position, even if he doesn't have the numbers to back it up. I mean, it's a situation where when you're the tight end at Ohio State and you only catch like 20 passes for 250 yards and three touchdowns, then there's a lot of questions about like, why don't they use that guy more? He seems like he's really good. Why doesn't Ohio State use his tight end more? And in the NFL, that guy makes millions of dollars because that has a real utility in the NFL. And I think teams reward it in a different way than the public rewards how how that usage is at the college level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they don't – you don't – I mean, the NFL doesn't draft on usage. They draft on no. upside and skill set. And, you know, Jeff Hireman in his last year at Ohio State had 17 catches for 207 yards, and he was a third-round pick. And Nick Vanette, and he's been there for a long time. And Nick Vanette in his last year at Ohio State had 19 catches for 162 yards, and he was a third-round pick. And Nick Vanette, that year for Nick Vanette – Hireman and Vanette came in together. Vanette redshirted, Hireman didn't. So that last year in 2015 for Nick Vanette, Jeff Hireman was gone. It was like, okay, here we go. It's Nick Vanette's year. He had 19 catches, but he still was a third round pick. So, so if, if, you know, if Jeremy Rucker goes nuts, maybe he's a second rounder. If he doesn't get the ball very much, maybe he's a third rounder, but why would you stick around if it's like, well, what, you know, what the heck? And I'm not trying to put, you know, I think we, we know that Ruckert's occasionally listen to this podcast. I'm not trying to put, decisions in Jeremy Ruckert's mouth. I'm just trying to analyze a guy that I think is a good football player. And I just wonder if he's ever going to get really get the ball here. So then when you think about that, but that would be quite a lot, right? I mean, that would be if let's say they all three leave, we don't know who knows, but Nathan, if, if Farrell and Hausman and Ruckert are all gone, and in 2021, you have Cade Stover, Joe Royer, and whatever recruit you have coming in. I don't know. How, how would you view would, – would you use the word worry, or how would you view the tight end situation for 2021? Well, again, as we've talked ad nauseum on this podcast, there, there's a limited ceiling to how much these guys are used as receivers. So you need to have someone, I guess, who's capable in that regard. But if – if Joe Royer and Sam Hart and Cade Stover, who we still don't even really know is a tight end for sure, because he's bounced around enough as is. But like if those guys can capably help in the run game, help in the pass protection game, and maybe that's their strength and they can help a little bit in receiver. It's not like the bottom falls out of the offense. Um, but yeah, I think you do start to question. And maybe this is a signal. I don't know. Maybe the way this is looking and the way that 2021 or uh, 2021 recruiting and even 2022, I mean, maybe this is a signal of the, how Ohio State is looking at this position in the future. Do they go after guys like Ruckert with that kind of upside, or they look more developmental at that position, get a different kind of athlete at that position? Um, I, I think it's really interesting. I mean, do they ever go find – well, that's a different tangent. But I, I guess concern is, is the right word, but also, as we've talked about, 
the thing that the thing that people are concerned about is we don't have a guy catching 40 balls a year, and that doesn't happen anyway. The the thing about Ruckert is that Ruckert was the exception to the rule coming mm-hmm. in. Right. They didn't they didn't get guys like that because of right. all this stuff. Jeremy Ruckert was the number 37, 37 overall player, the number two tight end in the country in the class of 2018. Ruckert was like the mold breaker. And then it turns out that it's the same mold, you know? So like that's, if it winds up, you know, listen, Hausman was really highly rated. And you can go back and read on cleveland.com the story that Ari wrote when he was here, when Hausman was a recruit and talking about how much they need him. There's going to be a chance to play right away. He was an Ohio kid, but Hausman was a really big time recruit and a big get for Ohio state. And then Farrell was like the other Ohio kid. Farrell was the second tight end in that class. And it's Farrell who has been an absolute important, vital contributor to this team. And Hausman had never quite clicked as much. Farrell's really good. But if Luke Farrell's your model, you know, Luke Farrell helps Ohio State win. He doesn't get a lot of numbers. Luke Farrell helps Ohio State win. But I will say this. Cade Stover was the number 114 overall recruit in the class of 2019. He was listed as an outside linebacker back then. He was the fourth rated player in Ohio in the class of 2019. Maybe it's that Ohio State is seeing the same thing we're seeing, where they have this huge gap behind Ruckert, and they said, you know, we're kind of taking Cade Stover. I took the Cade Stover move. It's like, what are they doing? I thought Cade Stover had a chance to be a really interesting guy. Okay, he's a, he's a linebacker. No, maybe now he's going to be a defensive end. Now he's a tight end. Maybe it's not confusion on Cade Stover. Maybe it's Cade Stover is an absolute solution. And they were like, this guy is awesome. He is going to be an awesome football player. We have kind of a hole at a spot. Let's move Cade Stover to tight end. And he might be a three-year starter at tight end after Ruckert and Farrell and Hausman leave. And so maybe Cade Stover is going to like kind of learn the position behind them in 2020. And then maybe Cade Stover is going to be like a borderline all big tight end in 2021 and 2022. I don't, I think that could be possible. Cause again, this guy, he's six, five, 235 as a recruit, Steven, this guy was like a big time dude, right? Yeah, he was, he was Mr. Ohio football and he played everywhere for his high school team. So that, to the point of word, maybe worried isn't the word here. Maybe it's just more intrigued because those are all, these are all options. And maybe Cage go over the fact that he played all over the field in high school, but just was classified as a linebacker. And they kind of voiced that to him that, listen, you might come in here in the linebacker room, but you might end up anywhere just because of what your skill set brings to the table. But also, yeah, to Nathan's point, yeah, maybe this is how they look at things a little differently because in 2022, they've only offered four tight ends so far in comparison to other positions. So maybe the word is more intrigued and, in, you know, I guess conservatively intrigued than it is worried. Listen, we talk about stuff on here. We have no idea, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like we, but if Cade Stover, Nathan, perception, it's all, you know, this is a lot of us trying to analyze educated guesses, perception, whatever it is. If Cade Stover had come to Ohio state as a tight end, if they had said, hey, we're recruiting Ohio's Mr. Football, and he plays all over the field, but we're recruiting him as a tight end, and now he was entering his second year in the program as a tight end, and he had been a tight end from the minute he got here, and we were looking at this and be like, okay, well, they have these three veteran guys, and then here comes Cade Stover. They have the number 114 overall recruit in that class lined up to be the next two or three years starting tight end at Ohio State. I think we might perceive it that way if he hadn't moved around. 
Right. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, it's a guy that didn't even come on the offensive side of the ball to, to start his Ohio State career, though. So that's, I guess, where I'm – that's where my wait-and-see attitude is. It's like I, I need to see this guy actually show that he's got the aptitude to uh, to, to do the things that you expect an offensive um, – Still, I guess you call, you don't necessarily think of tight ends as skill players, but at times they are. It's both, right? So I, I want to see that well-rounded game from him that, that they need. It does happen, though, right? I mean, this is sure. one of those, again, Billy Price came in as a defensive tackle and got here and they sort of figured out, you know what? I think you're going to be an offensive lineman. And then he became an all-American offensive lineman. So this does happen. Sometimes there's that early shuffle. And as much as I'm saying like Luke Farrell was like the, the number two sort of tight end in that class behind Houseman, Luke Farrell in 2016 was the number 191 overall player in the country. He was the number seven overall tight end. He was the number nine player in Ohio. Luke Farrell was still a good prospect. It's just Houseman was really, really up there. I think it's very possible. And again, Luke Farrell, when Luke Farrell catches a pass, Luke Farrell doesn't look like Jeremy Ruckert when Jeremy Ruckert catches passes, right? I mean, everybody, we all have the Jeremy Ruckert one-handed clumsing catch in our head, right? I mean, that's, or the Wisconsin catch in our head. Jeremy Ruckert in the end zone extended, making a one-handed catch. Luke Farrell doesn't make catches like that. Luke Farrell blocks people in the run game. And every now and then when he slips out and you just throw him like a 12-yard ball over the middle, he catches it, runs over two people. I think Kate, Luke Farrell coming in as a recruit was 6'6", 245. I think Cade Stover might be the next Luke Farrell. And if Cade Stover is the next Luke Farrell, that's a winning player that helps sure. Ohio State win. And then, mm-hmm. like, they do like having multiple tight ends. So if Ruckert leaves uh, and then Cade Stover is the next really good player, then you still need Royer or Hart or some a transfer or something. You sort of need that second guy to come along because they do have a little bit of a hole there. But I think it's... I think that's a potential path, and maybe that's exactly what they thought. If we had Kevin Wilson on this podcast and said, what did you think when you guys moved Cade Stover to tight end? I think he might say, I thought he could be the next Luke Farrell, and Luke Farrell helps us win. Biggest strength of this slot receiver tight end group, Stephen, we'll go to you, and the biggest strength that Stephen is going to say is the Garrett Wilson-ness of Garrett Wilson is the biggest strength of this group. Stephen. Yeah, but I'm not – That's yes, that's a better way of saying it. But the fact that putting Garrett Wilson in the slot makes the slot receivers more than just maybe, you know, these intermediate routes and, like, in the middle routes and crossing routes. Now you have a down-the-field threat that you can use with slot fades. That's the biggest threat. It adds another thing that defenses have to take into notion when they're scheming up for Ohio State's offenses. There's a guy in the slot who might go down the field and make a big catch. Nathan, is there another answer to biggest strength that doesn't include – the name Garrett Wilson? <laughs> well, I mean, that's uh, from uh, the, the slot half of it. Yeah, that, that's the answer. My, my, my other biggest strength, though, I said was that, um, you know, I think there's a lot of teams for who Jake Hausman might be the best tight end on their roster. And Ohio State has that kind of depth where they can go three guys down to get to him. He's, he's probably an, uh, a somewhat underutilized guy at Ohio State just because he's got two other really good guys in his room with him. They're going to play in front of him. But I bet there are a lot of teams, even some in the Eastern uh, Big Ten East, that would take Jake Hausman right now and put him right in the starting lineup. Jake Hausman was the number 121 uh, recruit when he came in. Again, was kind of just a guy you thought was really going to do some stuff. And then um, – he had two catches last year for 13 yards. And that was like the first time he really had done anything, but they, he does contribute. And I do think last year, a lot, sometimes, you know, he was the fourth tight end last year behind Farrell Ruckert and Rashad Berry. 
he's at least going to be the third tight end now, and it does just give you options. And so um, he was in a lot of um, double tight situations. That was kind of his specialty almost. Into run block, right, that you're just not going to mm-hmm. throw him the ball. And again, I mean, at shorthand, we love to talk about throwing the ball to tight ends, but most of what they do is being another tackle. Is about run blocking, and they – they do. I, they can line up and do that, and and do it. I think really effectively. And again, that's just a look that is emerging in college football. As much as teams like to spread it out, if you can go with two tight ends and do a little something where you maybe want to pound the ball, running it out of two tight ends, but then also if you're not careful, those tight ends will slip out, fake a block and slip out. Now they're an effective pass catcher. That just gives you a lot of options, and I think Ohio State um, does have that. Garrett Wilson, so my biggest strength, obviously, is Garrett Wilson. I was just watching this again. I think just running little curls out of the slot where he's going to run downfield, and the way he comes back and fights for a ball and then breaks a tackle, I just see that happening again and again and again. Three, four, five steps off the line of scrimmage, stop, turn around, come back to the ball, break the initial tackle, and go. And then as soon as teams start to play on that, now you run down, you you run a little fake, and then you run either a post or a corner out of that. And now like you're doing what Steven said. Now you're going deep. And so that, I just, oh, man. Watch Garrett Wilson's highlights. Watch him catch the so ball good. the way he does. Then watch K.J. Hill. Watch the kind of routes that K.J. Hill ran. And then in your head, start dropping Garrett Wilson's ability into the KJ Hill routes and just sleep, have some sweet dreams. Sweet dreams, just imagining Garrett Wilson two-way option routes where he can, he can break, you know, catch a curl and break a tackle or decide to take it deep. I'm going to run through. I, I sketched out again. I wrote down the numbers of what slot receivers have done here. And uh, I just think Garrett Wilson just – just has a chance to take it to the next level. Biggest question, biggest question, biggest question about the group. Steven, we'll start with you. What are you wondering about with these with these guys? I'm wondering about the the Jackson Smith, the Jigba, Mookie Cooper thing. Most, more with Mookie Cooper just because he didn't play high, high school football last year and now he missed out on a whole spring season. So it's questionable whether he, he even sees the field this year because that's a long time without getting a chance to really play football. But as Ryan Day said last season, they didn't have another slot receiver that they feel, felt like they could trust. As we've said with the outside guys, because Jackson Smith and Jigba didn't have a spring, and he's at this point from how we view it, he's the second slot guy. Does Ohio State feel like, especially early in the season, they don't have another slot receiver they can trust? And so we do end up with another KJ Hill situation where it's Garrett Wilson or nothing, which isn't a bad thing because it's Garrett Wilson, but still. It's just in a world where they've usually had – in 2018, they had two guys, and then for two straight years to only have one guy you rely on, that's that hurts you a little bit when you're talking about depth of having six receivers. Nathan, what's your question? My biggest question is just the evolution, the continued evolution of really both of these spots. The, the evolution sort of takes care of itself to some extent in the slot once you put an athlete like Garrett Wilson there, I think, and when you start recruiting other athletes to, to kind of follow behind him, which they've already started doing. It's just a different kind of athlete maybe than K.J. Hill was in the H-backs that came before him. Obviously, though, the, the tight end is where there's even more question there, and I don't have the perspective that you have of, you know, how long – what year did you start covering this team? 64, 65? I just um, – um... I'm trying to think. The Super Softs were my fourth year on the beat, right? So okay. 64. Um, they, 
so you have more perspective of, of seeing the kind of this, you see more locked in that this is what tight ends are at Ohio state. And it can't be more than that. And I'm still just curious that, you know, Ryan day is still relatively early in the stamp that he's putting in, in what kind of evolution could be there for him and how he uses a tight end, how he tries to use a tight end. Um, and that's not really just stuck. That doesn't limited to this season. That's limited to how are we talking about the tight end two or three years from now, which obviously is very dependent on the kind of athlete that they recruit for that position. And, and I don't know that mine is, um, it's not even tied to scheme, I guess. It's just, it's just I've given up, right? I mean, I've just given up because regardless of the scheme, regardless of the player, they just don't throw them that much. They just don't. And I think part of it is they have, they have too many good receivers. You know, again, it's like Iowa throws to the tight end. Who are Iowa's receivers? Of course they right. throw to the tight end. Of course they yeah. throw to Noah Fant. Who else are they going to throw to? And that's no offense to Iowa's receivers, except it is offense. I'd be offended. I don't care. So they just, it's like, well, it's like, man, why did they throw to the tight end more? It's like, listen, man, Michael Thomas didn't get the ball. There's no way they're throwing to the tight end. They've just been a running team a lot, so they didn't throw to the tight end. And now they're a throwing team, but they're going to throw it at Garrett, to Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and Julian Fleming. Like, I just don't, I just don't think, I don't care how good Ruckert is, because it's not about how good he is. It's about that they just, they have so many other good guys. So my, my biggest question is, is, is what Steven said is about, how do they work in the second slot? And as excited as we all are about Garrett Wilson, do they really kind of rotate with Jackson Smith and the Jigba? Is that a straight-up rotation where they split the snaps 50-50? Do they split the snaps 67% to 33%? Does Garrett Wilson basically play all the time? Um, I don't know because I, I think they'll be dedicated to the rotation on the outside. They did not really rotate in the slot last year, so that door is open. And if Garrett Wilson at the gap, is that big between Garrett Wilson and then Jackson Smith, the Jigba or Mookie Cooper, then I, I'm very curious. And it's not, it's not a question because like, it's not a question mark. It's just a question because I'm curious because either way is fine. Because if they do rotate, that means that the guy rotating with Garrett Wilson earned those snaps. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're taking Garrett Wilson off the field, that other guy better be good. And again, go watch some Jackson Smith, the Jigba highlights. He's good. And I'll tell you what, I was watching some Mookie Cooper highlights too. We can get into Mookie Cooper more. I'm not sure how I'm going to – I have a lot of thoughts. I don't know how they fit all my categories. Mookie Cooper's highlights – and, again, he didn't play his last year in high school, so it's highlights from 2018. He has a lot of Curtis Samuel highlights where yeah. he winds up with the ball behind the line of scrimmage, and there are eight defenders in front of him, and then all of a sudden he's running down the sideline. And it's like, I'm not sure what happened there, but that should not have worked. So Mookie – and, again, St. Louis high school football. It's not in the Big Ten. He seems he has, like a Jim Sweet guy. For them. Well, I just don't I don't think they're gonna run them though. I mean, like, yes, except that have you seen Ryan Day run a jet sweep? The jet sweep is dead. Yeah, he I mean twenty eighteen, yeah, but not twenty nineteen, no. But to 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 Brian Hartline's point when on signing day when he was breaking these guys down, Mookie Cooper listed as a wide receiver, but I'm pretty sure he was the best athlete on his high school team. So they just you know, he played more as a running back than he did a wide receiver at times just to get the ball in his hands. So he's probably making the biggest transition transition in terms of learning the wide receiver position as well. Mookie Cooper is the guy we've talked about before. He's the little slot guy that I've wanted Ohio State to get. 5'10", 195. He, he rekindles memories of Dontre Wilson, who, again, Dontre Wilson as a true freshman did more than Ezekiel Elliott did, and then he broke his foot and just was, like, never the same. And – it just kind of missed. 
but people were going nuts when Dontre Wilson was coming in. So that's what I have in my head. Could Mookie Cooper, you can't be Curtis Samuel because Curtis Samuel, when he was like half a slot receiver, half a running back, had 74 catches in 2016. That's, that's crazy. That's a unique Curtis Samuel thing. But Dontre Wilson had 27 catches that year. And so Mookie as just a little bit of a different guy than I think what either Jackson Smith, the Jigba or Garrett Wilson are. I'm curious about him because he didn't play high school football his last year. I don't think it's going to happen this year. I don't think you go from no high school football coronavirus playing as a true freshman in the big 10. So I think the story though, I think almost, almost everything about Mookie Cooper is on ice until 2021, but I'm still like super duper duper curious about that guy. Cause, cause he's just, he's just a little different. Nathan, what's your crazy prediction slash thought about these, these two groups? You know, I think I said this at another time where we were doing crazy predictions. Um, I threw the, the Jeremy Ruckert all American campaign out there that he finally has a breakthrough and it combines with um, uh, some uptick in usage. And um, I, I don't know that he's going to be able to put up the crazy numbers to get it done. So it's not going to be like a first team all American, but that he has just such a breakthrough season and really gets to showcase the talent that made him that highly ranked of a recruit that it gets him some kind of down ballot attention, which I think is kind of a crazy prediction. Cause again, just Ohio state Titans traditionally just don't get the kind of run necessary um, or at least the reps, the, the targets necessary to be in contention for those kinds of tight end awards. Steven, get crazy. I said that Chris Olave was going to have a thousand yards receiving. And I think Garrett Wilson might have it too. And in 2018, Paris had the thousand yards of 90 catches and KJ was up next. Both of those were slot guys. And so that's where the majority of those went. I think that some version of like my crazy thing is Garrett Wilson is anywhere from 80 to 90 catches with a thousand yards next season as a slot guy who can, who adds another element down the field. We do have a question in the queue from one of our texters about the idea of two 1,000-yard receivers for Ohio State in 2020, um, and it intrigues me. And I, I think it could be something that we go into a deeper discussion about the pairing of Olave and Wilson, one outside, one in the slot, one is a junior, one is a sophomore, what each of them do well, how Justin Fields is going to spread the ball around, what Ohio State has done historically what other big passing offenses, how often have teams had 2,000 yard receivers, that kind of thing. Um, I don't, I like it. Like I, 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 I don't, I haven't spent enough time really analyzing it and thinking about it, but it's, it's crazy enough to predict, but not so crazy that it's impossible to happen. Right. Especially if they're in a situation where Garrett's the only slot guy they trusted with Jackson Smith and Jigba and Mookie Cooper being true freshmen and yeah. he's on the field for 90% of the snaps. Then it gets really interesting because it's probably going to happen. My crazy prediction is the opposite of Nathan's crazy prediction. I think no tight end has more than 20 catches, so it's just more of the same. But I think what's crazy about it is a lot of people are expecting not more of the same. I think you'll find podcasts and some Ohio State writers out there who are expecting that Jeremy Ruckert is going to fill some kind of role here, that if you lost some guys or whatever and you have some young receivers, and we've talked a lot about, these four freshman receivers and are they losing time and what does that mean? And how do you, how do you fill the gap? And I just saw another texture question recently about, you know, Hey, Mike, Jeremy Ruckert and Demario McCall as veterans help, help fill in if some of these freshman receivers aren't quite ready. 
I just think like the answer is going to be no. And, and uh, here's the thing. I, I just, I still don't quite get it. When you watch a Jeremy Ruckert highlight film, I watched a, uh, an Ohio state tight end highlight film from last year. Those guys are catching the ball downfield all the time. Mm-hmm. And again, that Florida Atlantic route or the first game of the year where they kind of ran like a little pick play with Farrell and, and Ruckert coming off the line together. Farrell takes both defenders outside and Ruckert runs a post and is wide open for a touchdown. And it was like, man, we're going to see that 15 times this year. I don't think we saw it one more time. But but the, the Ruckert catches, Ruckert is open down the field like a receiver. So the idea of, I guess you could take it either way. It's like you watch what Jeremy Ruckert has done and you're like, wow, that guy can do it. And it's like, yeah, that guy could do it. He could do it last year. And they didn't throw it to him. So it's not like he suddenly can do things that he couldn't do before. He could have done it last year, and he didn't. So I don't know why it's going to change when they have all these other options still. So um, my, my crazy prediction is that, like, as good as Jeremy Ruckert is, and again, it's the constant distinction between stats and skills. Jeremy Ruckert had 14 catches for 142 yards last year. After the Florida Atlantic game, you would have predicted he might have four or 500 yards. He had 142. So my prediction is that Jeremy Ruckert has fewer than 20 catches, and some people are maybe pulling their hair out, and then maybe he goes in the, th- in the third round because he's quite a skilled football player, and I just don't know that he's ever going to do more than that here. The guy we most want to see play this season or in the future, Stephen, we'll start with you. I guess you still can continue to have Garrett Wilson as your answer for yes. this. Yes. If you would. There's no reason. Yes. I mean, am I going to make, am no, I gonna you, make you say Joe Royer? No. Oh, no. you got to say Joe Royer because Garrett no. Wilson's too obvious. Say Garrett Wilson if you want. It, it's like a, I'm taking a test and I just have a stamp that says Garrett Wilson. I'm just stamping every answer with Garrett Wilson. It's 100% Garrett Wilson because obviously what we mentioned before, him being a downfield threat in the slot, but also we saw what he did last year and we're getting to see it in what year two looks like in another position where Brian Hartline even mentioned on, on a conference call that, hey, I kind of envisioned him being a slot guy when he first got here. So, yeah. Garrett. So, yeah, Garrett. That's Steven's, Gar- yeah. that's Steven's answer to everything. So, yeah, Garrett. Nathan, yeah. who do you want to see? I-, I said Garrett, too. Oh, I feel bad now. You don't get, yeah! to, say, you don't say, get to say Garrett with as much enthusiasm because Steven has sucked all the energy out of the Garrett Wilson. I, 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 and my, number two, my number two guy is probably Jackson Smith and Jigba. So I think you're right. I think Mookie Cooper probably is still – Maybe a year away. You need you need some kind of a, a, a gap year to get between that that season off. Um, I I think so. Uh, and we we saw enough from Jackson Smith and Jigba in terms of just that kind of crazy high school production and in the way that they've talked about him, you know, being able to to you know bring that to Ohio State. Um, I don't really think it's going to be a problem for him. I think he understands he's not going to get 15 targets a game or whatever. I just want to see where he fits in skill-wise. Is he a guy who stays in the slot long-term? Or does the slot also, as we talked, um, I think, in a previous podcast, or maybe it was one of the ones we saved for later. I can't remember now. I guess it was just it was a rapid-fire one that we did um, a little while back. Um, Garrett Wilson potentially moving around this offense and not just being limited to the slot. Does Jackson Smith and Jigba have – kind of the same skill set, the same kind of future at that position. So you could say like, like all these guys are interesting, right? Maybe not Luke Farrell, just because Luke Farrell is Luke Farrell. And that's like not a, that's not a discredit to Luke Farrell. That's a credit to Luke Farrell. Cause I feel like I know what Luke Farrell is going to do, which is do his job and help Ohio state win. So I don't need to see 
there's not a lot of curiosity with that. There's an assumption of competence with Luke Farrell. I am curious about what Rucker ends, Ruckert ends up doing, whether he has more of a potential Nathan upside type of year. And I know, Nathan, you're not betting your house on him being an All-American, but like that's out there. Or is it more what I think I'm interested in that? I'm, of course, interested in Garrett Wilson. I already detailed why I'm interested in Mookie Cooper, because to me, he's the smaller K.J. Hamler, Rondale Moore kind of slot guy that I've always wanted Ohio State to have. Jackson Smith Najigba is a highlight film waiting to happen. I'm curious about that. But I guess saying that there's six possible answers to this question, I'll say Cade Stover, because now I want to know, is Cade Stover going to be one of these guys that like, by the time he's a red shirt, fifth year senior, he's like the spokesman of the team. And we're like, hey, Cade, remember back early in your career when you were moving positions and nobody knew what you were going to be? And he'll be like, yeah, that was crazy. But now here I am three years later as a three-year starter. Is he going to be that? Or is he going to be one of these guys? He's going to be like a Demario McCall type guy who just gets lost a little bit, you know, because you move around. You don't quite fit in. I don't know what happens. You're a good player, but it never quite worked. I don't know which way it's going to go for Cade Stover. I would guess probably more the former, more the he settles in at tight end and he winds up being their starting tight end for two or three years than getting lost. But I just don't know right now, but I think he's a good football player that got moved to his third position in a year. And now I want to see what happens. So like, that's not super sexy, but I just want to see if he ends up being like a really solid long-term contributor for Ohio state confidence level for slot receivers and tight ends. And Nathan, I think you've wanted to separate this a little bit. So let's do these two separate, even though it's one podcast. So let's do our slot receivers as one confidence level and then let tight ends be a separate confidence level. Because in the end, they are obviously very, very different positions. Where are you one to 10, both those groups? I went nine on the tight ends. I just feel like it's a stable group. And uh, they, I think, proved themselves to be capable and and useful in a lot of ways last season. And I think that's gonna that that base will be there and, and potentially more for 2020. And I'm a soft eight on the slot receivers, just because you've got freshmen that you're counting on so much, and a guy switching positions. We think has all this potential to really take that position and run with it. But until we see it, I'm gonna go soft eight. So just before we get to Steven, Nathan, come over here for a second. Don't let Steven hear this part. What do we do if Steven tries to give an 11 on the slot receivers? Do we allow that? Or does, does he have to stop at 10? You know, I, I don't think we set those parameters ahead of time. I don't think it's fair to try to introduce them at this point. So, I mean, we set the parameters of it's 1 to 10. Oh, we did. Okay, then we I did. think okay, then you, you have to be held to a – you can say 10. You can say like a hard 10, like a gym meant 10. There's like a difference – if you're, if you're into collecting cards, like you can, they have these things where you grade cards now and it's like you get a gym mint 10, but then like one of the grading services has like an immaculate 10. It's like still just a 10, but it's like even more. So he can give him like an immaculate 10. I was going to ask you who Jim Mint is. I'm like, who's Jim Mint? Is he a tight end also? You <laughs> he said might be. He's, he's in the 2022 class. Yeah, Jim, they're, they're trying to get him to transfer from Iowa State. Uh, Jim Mint. I wish now that Garrett Wilson's number was 10 because then Steven could, too. could nickname really him do. the Immaculate 10. Uh, he's only a five, so he can only I really be do. an There's Immaculate a five. On the five. Front and the five on the back, it adds up to 10. Oh, that's something. Yeah, Garrett, why is your, why is your number five? Because I'm a five on the front, I'm a five on the back, and it adds up to an Immaculate 10 by Steven Means. Steven. <laughs> What's your slot receiver rating and what's your tight end rating? I swear, if he ever says that, I'm claiming that right now. It's 
It's a 10. It has to be a 10 because even if those guys, guys aren't ready, if Jackson Smith and Jigba and Mookie Cooper aren't ready because they didn't have a spring football, that just means you're getting more of Garrett Wilson. Just like in 2019, nobody else was ready, and we just got more of K.J. Hill, who once again was the leader in receptions. So it has to be a 10 because I at least, you at least know what the starter is, and he's going to be amazing. And it's just, I have a 10 for the tight ends as well because it's basically the same group coming back, and they were quality last year. There's no reason to believe they won't be quality this year, even if necessarily the reception numbers don't match it. So I'll give the tight ends a 9 because I think I know what they're going to be, but I, you know, I think they're very good. I'm th- I think they're very good. I don't think necessarily that you know, they're the best tight end group in America or anything. I think they're very good at their jobs, but I will stop short of a 10, but I will give the slot receivers a 10 because of the same thing. Just the belief that this guy's special. Um, and if Jackson Smith, the is, is getting snaps, that means he's ready too. but I just think he's going to take it to another level. And I, and I did this research. So I want to cite some of it, at least kind of the evolution of the slot receivers at Ohio state. I mean, it's even like, I was trying to look at it and I can't remember stuff. And I was trying to look at old highlights. It's like Jake Stoneburner as a tight end who moved to receiver was kind of like the slot guy when urban first got here uh, in 2012, but like Jalen Marshall really sort of helped usher it in 38 catches for 499 in 2014. Um, Jalen Marshall, 2015, 36 catches for 477. And Curtis Samuel in 16, 74 catches, 865. And Dontre was 27 catches for 352. 2017 was KJ in Paris, 56 and 40 for the catches. 2018, just bonkers. That all Dwayne did was throw to the slot guys. Paris, 90 catches. KJ, 70 catches. 2019, KJ Hill, 57 catches. I think Jalen Marshall is an interesting comparison for Garrett in that, like, he's not that, but but Jalen was dynamic in his own way. And that was, again, more of the era of the jet sweeps and using those guys more as running backs and bubble screens and that kind of thing. And they weren't doing quite as much down the field. But Jalen Marshall in 2014 had the third most yards on the team and in 2015 had the second most yards on the team. And I do think one of the things is, for instance, K.J. Hill in 2017 averaged 9.8 yards per catch. K.J. Hill in 2018, 12.6 yards per catch. K.J. Hill in 2019, 11.2 yards per catch. I think they can get more yards per catch out of the slot. Jalen averaged 13.2 in 2015. Garrett Wilson was 14.4 yards per catch on the outside in 2019. I just think Garrett can be explosive from the slot and that the slot position is not going to be safe. It's not going to be just where you go on third down. I think he's going to catch balls in the middle of the field, break tackles and go. I think when they start shading that route, then he'll start going deep. I think he can, there's a lot of windows, I think, from that slot. I think a lot of times coverage will try to make guys sort of, sort of they, they try to take away sort of the inside route so that maybe that post isn't there and the safety's helping there. But if you can break that route, either as an out or a corner and get out to the sideline. And there's a tougher window sort of out of the slot there that you need a quarterback who's accurate and has a good arm, which Justin Fields has both. And then all of a sudden, you know, Garrett's going to have leverage on the coverage. He's going to be able to box a guy out, go up and get a ball. Um, I just think he's going to be going up. Watch Garrett Wilson in the air. When he's the Clemson, the Clemson catch that everybody remembers was the peak of that. But Garrett Wilson in the air is dangerous. 
And I think he'll be dangerous on the ground on short stuff, catch, break, a tackle, and go. But I think he's going to be dangerous in the air, body control, strong hands, fighting for the ball up in the air. I just think it's going to be a mismatch almost all the time with these slot possibilities. And KJ, in his own way, was really good at that. Strong hands in the middle of the field. I just think Garrett Wilson is like next level. So it's crazy. He's only a sophomore. It's a position switch. But when you think about what they've done in the slot before, it's just building to this. It's just building to this next evolution of what an Ohio State slot receiver looks like. And I think Garrett Wilson is the exact right guy for the job. Um, Nathan, anything in conclusion on the tight ends or the slot receivers? I just think in general it would be nice to see them use the middle of the field in a more dynamic way. Like we talked about, I think I think K.J. Hill, it wasn't really a vertical attack if they can get something vertical out of it, whether that's from the tight ends more, whether that's from what Wilson can do, obviously. I just think that makes this a more interesting offense. And, again, part of this of all this, you've, you have to have Justin Fields willing to do it, Ryan Day willing to have him try to do it, right? It just it takes a right. little – got to step up and – not be afraid to make that throw. And I don't think Justin Fields is, but I think easing him in last year, sometimes they just took some routes on the outside. He made a lot of out routes where it's like, listen, this is either going to be incomplete or a catch. There's not a underneath defender. You know, there's not really a risk. My arm's strong enough. The corner's not going to jump the route. They really used the sidelines effectively for a while last year. And I think the next step is letting Justin rip it in the middle of the field more. Steven, is there anything else, just in case Garrett's listening, anything you want to say to him? Hey, Garrett, I know you met Doug at a McDonald's and you guys had a great conversation. I don't know if I'm going to be seeing you at a McDonald's anytime soon with the way the world is going, but if you are listening and if our parents are listening, I'm very excited to watch you in the slot this year, mainly because of what it opens up for Justin Fields as a thrower, but also we saw what you did last year and you put that in the slot and things feel dangerous. And I think you're feeling dangerous, which is why five on the front and five on the back equals 10, and that's my confidence level in you. See you soon, Garrett. It's beautiful. Young love is a beautiful thing. And uh, 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 a reporter and a receiver, when they have mutual admiration like this, but as much as we are allowing Stephen Means to take the Garrett Wilson corner, I would like to remind everyone that I was the reporter when Ryan Day said that Garrett Wilson was going to play in the slot. I am the reporter that stood up in the press conference, went up to the podium, and hugged Ryan Day if everybody yeah. remembers that, that I was so excited about that. It was like so. we saw it, and you just wanted to verify and just make sure we weren't seeing anything crazy. And when he verified it for you, you were like, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. So let's – yeah, so, yeah, I'll give you – you had first swing. I will 100% respect that. And, and you you can have the corner, Stephen. I just want to make sure that I come stand on it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You opened the door and told me the corner was over there. Okay. I just decided to go stand over here. All right. All right. Sounds good. We appreciate you guys listening. Continue catching up as we break down all these Ohio State position groups. Um, that was fun. There's, there's, and that's, I was going to say, there's not a Garrett Wilson in every position group, but actually it's Ohio State. There is. There, there usually is a Garrett Wilson. It's like, what five-star are you going crazy for now? So anyway, we'll continue to work our way through the roster. Catch Buckeye Talk five days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We appreciate all you guys listening. For now, on behalf of Stephen and Nathan, I'm Doug. And that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.